This episode is brought to you by Healing Green Farms. CBD made for you. Get safe, pure CBD products handmade by local experts to fit your needs. Are you ready to podcast now? Yes. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. It's good because it starts with a Mexican story. And we've accepted we're never changing the intro music. We're there. It's kind of part of the... I know. Yeah. It's minute. like when they changed the intro of Dawson's Creek. It was like, what just happened? Where'd the show go? <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember this about the show intro music, but you wanted it to sound like fireworks. So I just put a firework getting launched at the beginning. So you guys would be like, yeah, that is like fireworks. <laughs> That's how that got there. We're so easily we manipulated. So easily manipulated. <laughs> so I wanted to try something with today's episode. I don't know if you guys have heard the, the podcast Smartless, but what they do on this, it's uh, Jason Bateman, it's Will him. Arnett, and it's Sean Hayes. Love them. And only one of them knows who the guest is. And so one of them booked the guests. And so the guest is a surprise to everybody else. I mean, so that's they, like our show every week. Yeah. I was like, that's like me every week. <laughs> We're basically smartless. Jenny books the guests. And you and I are like, who are we talking yes, to? Yes. No idea. And that's why I'm always like, Jenny, please introduce today's guests. Because yes. I have no idea who they are. <laughs> so I wanted to do like a surprise topic for you guys. It's something you guys know and you've talked about before, but we've never done an episode on it. So I wanted to start with a story. Story mm, time. Intrigued. Story time. Story time. I'm, I'm on the music. edge of my seat. I'm probably going to put music and some sound effects like a, like an ocean and like, <laughs> like a seagull like, <laughs> and that'll all be here by the time you're listening listener all right all right here's the story <clears throat> a mexican fisherman no i sorry, in the wrong place <laughs> he's Too literally reading page. it off oh, the I'm internet yeah all i right. am i've heard the story before but i don't know well enough to say it from memory okay so i'm reading it for you you may have heard it but i'm changing fisherman to fisherwoman in okay. honor of sweet on girls the girls who do stuff, stuff. Mm-hmm. An American investment banker was at the pier of a small coastal Mexican village when a small boat with just one fisherwoman docked. Inside the boat were several large yellowfin tuna. The American complimented the Mexican on the quality of her fish and asked how long it took to catch them. The Mexican replied, isn't that kind of weird? Like the Mexican? Yes, that feels very offensive. feels very bad. I'm changing (laughs) that. The woman replied, there it is. Only a little while. The American then asked why... She didn't stay out longer and catch more fish. The woman said that she had enough to support her family's immediate needs. And the American asked, but what'd you do with the rest of your time? And the fisherwoman responded, I slept late, fished a little bit, played with my kids, took siestas with my husband, Maria. (laughs) Strolled into the village each evening. No judgment. Where I sip wine and play guitar with Mimigas. I have a full and busy life. The American scoffed. I'm a Harvard MBA. I could help you. (laughs) You should spend more time fishing, and with your proceeds, you could buy a bigger boat. And with the proceeds for the bigger boat, you could buy several boats, and eventually you would have a fleet of fishing boats. And instead of selling your catch to a middleman, you could sell directly to the processor, eventually opening your own cannery where you could control your own product, processing, and distribution. You would need to leave the small coastal fishing village and move to Mexico City, then L.A. eventually, and then probably New York where you'll run your expanding enterprise. And the fisherwoman asked, but how long is all this going to take? The American replied, 15 to 20 years. And then what? Asked the fisherwoman. The American laughed and said, that's the best part. When the time is right, you will announce your IPO, sell your company stock to the public and become very rich, and you would make millions. Millions? Then what? 
The American said, then you would retire. Move to a small coastal fishing village where you would sleep late, <laughs> fish a little bit, play with your kids, take siestas with your husband, Maria, and stroll to the village in the evenings where you could sip wine and play guitar with your amigas. It's so true. It's so heartbreaking. As you were laying it out, I'm like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. <laughs> is it so, nap time now? So really, I think a good episode title, what I want to talk about is like, hustle and grind is a shit way to live. It yes. is a shit way to live. So- I know this is something you guys have talked about before and, and start with the idea of the difference between balance and harmony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to leave that to Sarah because Sarah's the one that I would always talk about work-life balance. And then one day on the show, she said something about harmony. I was like, oh, that's the word. That's yeah. the word that we need to use. Yeah. Because essentially balance means things to be even and equal and like 50% work, 50% And as a Libra, life. the scales are Correct. like, that's the visual in my head is always the for sure. balance. For sure. Yeah. Like I've ever, I, I've just never spent like 10 hours with my wife and kids the same amount of time that you would with your family on an average day. That would right. be maddening to try to balance it like that. There's, if you, there's 24 hours in a day and if you're thinking balance, then it's 12 hours at home and 12 hours right. doing other things. and. Eight of those hours are supposed to be sleep. And I'm thinking like quality time with the family. Like that's Correct. So are you sleeping off. at work Correct. or at family? Or with the family? When you think about <laughs> you know, it, like it's... nothing in the world right. except nature. But even nature, it's not balanced as in 50-50. It's harmonious. And in relationships, this whole misnomer of it's like it should be 50-50. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is not true. And you're just setting yourself up to be miserable. It's So harmony is what is the percentages that feel the best to me, that works the best for me, works the best for my family, things like that. So what is harmonious to you? And if the harmony to you is, hey, I like back when I stayed at home with my kids, I would track the day in between the chunks and I'd be like, okay, I can play for an hour and a half and then they're going to do snack. That'll give me a break from having to play. And then I can play for a little bit. And so it's, what are those chunks? Mm -hmm. I know so many parents who are like, you want me to play with my kid for an hour? Like I can't freaking play Barbies for an hour. I'm going to lose my damn mind. So you go, how long can I play Barbies Mm -hmm. without wanting to lose my shit? And if it's 30 minutes, then that's your harmony. Right. Like, and I think that the problem is, right, is that we put so much value and judgment on the actions and the activities that we do on a day-to-day basis there is so much it's just presence yeah like it if you are not someone or if you are someone who is not like built to be that playful parent right why are you trying to make yourself into the playful parent like maybe you're the parent that you plan out activities and you go to the library and let the somebody else entertain your kid for an hour yep and you do other things where you can be more hands-off because that's how you're built and there's no judgment either way if you're the parent that lets your kid play on the playground while you are responding to emails on the bench or watching funny cat videos whatever like cool that's your harmony. And maybe you're the <laughs> maybe you're the parent that is, you know, building the Pinterest pretty perfect life because that's how you're built. And cool, but the the problem is I think where and is and women overarchingly will feel this more than men <clears throat> is that keeping up with that Joneses and and building that Pinterest perfect life is 
more of an expectation that we lay on ourselves because we think that other people are expecting it of us. Mm -hmm. And so we fall into this trap that we're obligated to do that and be the ever-present, playful parent and that we're able at the same time to run a Fortune 500 company and manage the laundry and the cleaning and the doctor's appointments and the after-school activities. Mm -hmm. And we're like, we're trying to do all of these things and I'm exhausted again. Like just even the thought of it. And we're not giving ourselves permission to sit back and say, does this work? Right. To create the life and business that fits for you. Does it work for me? Does mm-hmm. it work for my children? Is everybody happy? Is everybody yeah. healthy? Yeah. And if the answer is no to any of those questions, then change it up. Yeah. Find a different harmony. I think culturally it's getting better, but I think you get women and this is just me talking, acknowledging my own, what's it called? Privilege. Yep. There's that, privilege. You guys mm-hmm. have that, but for guys, it's, we don't have that. Nobody f- puts that extra pressure to also spend a bunch of time with the kids. It's almost like mm-hmm. the value for most men, stereotypically in our culture is, yeah, you go work real hard, man. Yeah. Like, you be a part yep. of that hustle culture every single day. Yes. Right. Don't take breaks. I don't sleep. Yeah. I just work. And then you're like, hey, I'm doing it right. I'm a boy. Your right. wife's going, you're doing it all wrong because I'm all alone. Yeah, and your and kids yeah. are going, you're doing it all wrong because mm-hmm. I don't ever see you. And yeah. this is where I think the extremes of toxic masculinity and yes. toxic feminism yes, come into play. That if you're like on the one spectrum that you're the, it is truly the hunter goes out and hunts and does the work and the woman stays at home. And it's a very evangelical way of partnership of bearing that partnership and going on that journey. And on the other end of the spectrum, it's everybody's independent. We don't have to, you're doing all the things because that's the women can do everything that men can do. Look, I fully Mm -hmm. am one to own. I cannot do everything that my husband can do. Never mind that it's because a lot of it is because he's six foot four and I am not. And so there are things that I cannot do because I am not tall enough. I am not strong enough. I am not built that way. Right. And I accept it. There are things that my daughter will never be able to do to compete with, you know, with boys. It's a physiological thing. It's a emotional thing. It's a, it's all of these wiring things. And, and I think that we need to recognize that all extremes are dangerous. Yes. And that's why we're talking harmony. Because yes. harmony is the gray area of non-extremism mm-hmm. where you're finding what works for you in mm-hmm. your life and your business. I re- And it's, even my dad has said to me many, many a times, why don't you open multiple locations? Why don't you grow the business? <laughs> oh and I'm like, because like, I I'm don't. just a fisherman, dad. <laughs> correct. Because I don't <laughs> desire that. Right. I do not desire to have a huge corporation with multiple locate that is not in alignment with my vision right. and my values and well, my goals. And it's, and it's like, not knocking yeah. anybody that is no. in alignment with theirs. I I think for us it just starts with getting really clear of is this what I want or is this what I have been trained and told and has indoctrinated been, to thank do? Thank you. I was going to say I brainwashed, know. but that felt really too harsh. It, it, it not yeah. in a malicious way. It's just what you the messages that you've internalized over the years Correct. that have been you know force fed to you and in bet, a way I that bet you're many people also experience the. I didn't know that's not what I wanted until I got it. Yep. Exactly. Like I've been yeah. working real hard to get this, and now I'm here, and it's oh, that's not right. what I thought I mean, it would be. And allowing yourself permission to be like, oh, I thought this is what I wanted. Now I don't. And that's okay. It is okay to say, I tried it. 
didn't like it, so I'm going to let it go. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that it was a waste. That doesn't right. mean I just wasted 10 years no. of my life I didn't. I haven't wasted my MSW because I went out and pursued something else. Right. I incorporate the skills and the experiences and, and all of that that I learned as a, in, in that role and apply it differently. Yeah. So back to, you, you mentioned toxicity, and that is what comes up when you search hustle now a lot. They're, they're calling it like a toxic, they're the well, toxic like toxic Because it's an extreme, because it it's an extremism. Yeah. I will never stop. What do you guys think is the right, I know the answer is going to be harmony, but why do you think so many business owners, especially entrepreneurs, struggle so much with putting in 50, 60 hours a week or overworking? Is it purely cultural? Does it just feel like no. the right thing to do? I don't think it's purely cultural. It's not purely especially cultural. Especially at the beginning, it takes a lot of damn it time does. to build a successful business. And you're in lack and scarcity yeah. and fear and holy shit mode. And so you're like, if I distract myself by doing all the things, then I won't be in as much mm-hmm. discomfort of not getting there as fast. It's like the road runner. And you're constantly afraid of making the wrong decision and you don't know what you don't know. So you talk to one person who says, you need to be prepared for the exit strategy for your business the day that you start your business. Whereas Joe, yours and my businesses are not necessarily the exit strategy type businesses when we decide we're not working anymore. Yeah, mine. I have a job. People always say I have a business. I just built myself a job. You did. I am building the business and could it potentially like under the right circumstances turn into something that could be sellable? I don't know, but that's not my goal right now. And I think that, so again, you don't know what you don't know. So at the beginning when you're thinking like, oh, I have to, oh, that person said I have to have an exit strategy and this is to really be a business and then I need to do that. And oh, this person's telling me I have to do this marketing plan. And you're watching the dollars and cents just add up and add up. And then you're like, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. So I'm just going to accept that I'm going to be miserable and exhausted for years. And I'm just going to do it all. That's why you have to know yourself first. Exactly. You have to know yourself first. You have to know yourself yeah. first. And even like, and, and I'm repeating yeah. it three times on purpose. And you have to, <laughs> you have to be willing to own and say there are nights where I'll go home and work, just eat dinner and then move into the bedroom and turn the television on and have my laptop on and work for another four to, four to six hours because I have something that needs to be done. And then there's other nights where I'm like, oh, cool. There's this movie that I haven't seen yet. And I'm mm-hmm. going to go. It's like before I left for my trip, I had, because I knew I was going to be gone. And so I had to process payroll way ahead oh, yeah. of time. Yeah. So every weekend for three or four weekends, I was doing one week's worth, like one batch of payroll. Yeah. So that it was all submitted, done mm-hmm. while I was gone. That is a outlier experience. Right. And so I'm not going to be working every weekend. And one of my clients, she was like, I refuse to work past four. I did that before. It was awful. It sucked. I'm not going to do that to my kids. And I was like, I fully endorse the fact that your boundary is four o'clock. I was like, what are you doing with your time between nine to four? To ensure that is actually what happens. Correct. Mm -hmm. I said, there is a difference. So that you can honor that boundary. Mm -hmm. Well, and so that you can actually be productive during the nine to 4 p.m. Mm -hmm. versus I'm busy. Oh my God, I'm so, you literally read my mind, woman. You my, read my mind. Because I was like, you're saying, oh, there's there's never enough time. There's not enough time. I'm like, you're having seven hours a day. You're just not using that seven That's hours right. to to move the business forward right. in the best way and manner 
I say, instead of saying I didn't have enough time to do something, I say I didn't take the opportunity. Because if I didn't, if, if the opportunity was there and I chose to fuck around on a website or go Filled check it out. with networking events or, I or meetings yeah. or phone calls well, rather I, I than was, yeah. I got to write the goddamn copy. I was getting there. <laughs> I was getting there. And, uh, and so that's one of the things I say is I really had to retrain myself to say instead of I don't have time because it was a trigger for me when I would hear other people say that they didn't have time. And then I realized it was like a, one of those like uh, transference, counter-transference kind of things that I was like, oh, that's because I'm feeling guilty about saying I didn't have time knowing fully well that there are 24 hours in a day and I could have created the time to do it if I had applied myself differently. And, right. Let and me it's give not, a caveat not in a judgment. Hold on, yeah. hold on. It's in a judgment-free space. Right. It's not, oh, you're bad. You didn't. It's more of a like intentional. I'm now moving forward, going to structure my time so that Correct. I can be productive and I can create opportunities. And I can also accept when I don't have those opportunities and see where else I can fit it in. So that's right. And I think there's a caveat because one thing that comes up for me that always kind of oh, rub me is when people are like, we all have the same amount of hours in the day. Blah, blah. Oh my God. It was like at the start of the pandemic when everybody's like, now see if you didn't that's learn a new language. Yeah. The clock works the same for everybody. <laughs> But we have different resources and like right. you over there who has the nanny, has the housekeeper, right. has the assistant who's shopping for you. Yes, you have the resources to right. focus solely on these things. Whereas another person is going, I'm focusing on those things and I'm doing the grocery mm -hmm. shopping and I'm doing the cooking mm -hmm. and I'm doing taking right. care of the kids. So let's just be real about that, right. that there's a mm -hmm. level of privilege and entitlement that happens. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, again, that was like at the start of the pandemic when everything shut down and everything and we were all isolating and there were those memes that were flying around about if you didn't learn a new language or pick up a new hobby or blah, 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 blah. It wasn't that you didn't have the time. Like it wasn't that you didn't have the time. It's that it's something about basically saying that you were lazy. Right. Um, and, and I was sorely triggered by one of those one morning when it was a hard day. And I was like, I call bullshit. We're in a collective trauma yep. and how I use my time yep. that I'm juggling now virtual school for one kid trying yep. to occupy another child who can't go to preschool now because everything is shut down. Yep. And there's no, what am I going to do? Put my, my four-year-old on a Zoom call for, no. Right. And now I'm trying to juggle all of the things and we're all stuck together and there's no way out. <laughs> there's no well, there's no silver lining. There's no light of the, there's no like cliche or, or platitude that I can apply to the situation. And fuck you. It is not about the time. And it's like when people are like the most successful entrepreneurs are up at 4 a.m. And, and they, I'm like, and they journal every day and right. they do that. And I'm and like, I'm like mm, that's fuck. great for them. Right. That does not work for me. I will not be my best right. self if I'm up at 4 a.m. Or the people that are like, yep. I don't watch TV anymore. I use my time to read books and to expand my mind and blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, I like my fucking shows. Sorry. I right. spend well, my time. But I, I spend my time watching right. TV and I was I'm very judgmental the way that you said that. So like, I feel like they're being judgmental know, but, to me. And I totally get that. And so like. <laughs> You'll be more successful, Sarah, if you stop watching TV. Always be learning. Always be expanding. Yep. No, our bodies need time and our brains need yep. time to do nothing. So I think it, what we need, to, what we're saying, what we're trying to say is we don't want you. I was all, wondering if you guys are going to have anything to say on this topic. Love you. <laughs> we love you, our listeners. We love you. And we're not saying these things in an effort to try and change. What we're saying is just be aware that when you speak in absolutes, 
that you are likely alienating somebody and triggering somebody with and making them shame. feel like they're not enough. Right. Yes, and and yes. Tr- and triggering that shame because saying things like successful entrepreneurs wake up at four every day and journal and read a book a week, like you can say some entrepreneurs have yep. found success and this is things that have helped them. Often yep. they have achieved success and then developed those habits. Exactly. When they have the resources to exactly. make it happen. Because it's like, cause now I can take my private jet instead of flying commercial. Right. So <laughs> or I now save I can six have a driver. A day. Yeah. And now yeah. I have a driver. So all the time that I have these ideas that I'm in my car and I'm sitting in the quiet and I have all these things that I think, oh, I could get these things done. That's one of my, that's right. one of the, the reach, reach for the stars kind of list is like, I'm going to have a driver in a car so that I can just work from the backseat. Yeah. That, I would be so much more productive and I'm already productive. And like, we had this conversation this morning um, at a networking event I was at and people were talking about busy. And I was like, again, I can't use that word. I, that's another thing that I took out of my language because people, it's somebody asks you how you are and you're like, mm, I'm fine. It's bullshit. Like, you're not fine mm-hmm. and you're really not busy. Like mm-hmm. you're wearing busy as a badge of honor and that's not okay. Why? why? Are, yes. Why are you? And so what I are you choose, getting? So I choose to say, yep, my schedule's, I'm feeling productive or you know what? It's been a day. <laughs> and I no, somebody asks you, hey, you keeping busy? And you say, nope. They're like, oh, sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I but say how busy amazing, is relative, but my but, response to that is busy is all well, relative. Well, how amazing would the response be? And they're like, oh, sorry. And you're like, no, nah, nothing to be sorry about. I designed it this way on purpose. Yeah. And my, I mean, and mom and dad, I know you're listening to this too. And this is something we've had this same conversation where they express concern over how quote busy I am. And I'm like, I wish that you would stop doing that Mm -hmm. because I am really happy with how my life is. And I feel like you're laying your feelings about whatever. And you're putting those things on me where like, just say, wow, you've built a great life for yourself. Right. right? Or, and sometimes they do then that, that helps the shift the conversation. And we do get into those pieces of, they'd say how admirable it is that we're able to do all of these things and how, but I I do not like, and it's so funny to me because they're in social circles. People be like, Oh my God, like the thought of your calendar just makes me tired. And then I look at other people where I'm like, Oh my God, the thought of your calendar makes it. And if people are looking at me and thinking my calendar is making them tired. And then like, I'm looking at other people like, Oh my God. But again, what you're talking about then is what resources external. I could not do what I do if my husband did not take care of everything in the house. I could not do what I do if he did not manage the laundry, the grocery shopping, and the cooking. Yep. And those are things that I don't want to do. Honey, I love you very much. Thank you for doing them. Yeah. And that is something I am grateful for. And is... I'll do the laundry sometimes. Like, right. <laughs> But you don't want me to go grocery shopping because I spend $200 and we don't have food. And I think as... <laughs> I don't know how that happens. We would like to thank our sponsor, Healing Green Farms, and they grow CBD. Let me tell you, CBD has been giving me the best sleep for like the last two and a half, three years. I wake up feeling rested instead of having crazy dreams and basically working out all my crap and my dreams. (laughs) It's a nice, quiet sleep. It's a nice, quiet, restful sleep thanks to CBD. Fantastic. Yeah. And Healing Green Farms is a local farm. Uh, Actually, it's been a generational family farm and they grow the cannabis plants in their, the hemp plants. It's actually hemp. Uh, They grow those in a greenhouse and the stuff that they produce is actually seed to bottle. So it's locally grown, farmed. They bring it to a local lab to do the thing that makes it go from like plant to the product that then gets 
created into the oils and salves and tinctures and all the things, which is a really cool thing. So if you're local to North Carolina, you can actually go visit them at the Highway 42 Market in Willow Springs, North Carolina. Um, If you are not local to this area, you can find them online at healinggreenfarms.com where you can find actually products for your pets. We give Ruby CBD. Like that's one of our things for for poor Miss Ruby Sue when we Mm -hmm. have to go. (laughs) She needed some help for a little while. Yeah, the pet CBD is awesome. So visit healinggreenfarms.com, healinggreenfarms.com. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and you can also visit the Highway 42 Market in person and see what's happening at the market on um, Facebook and Instagram as well. They have a bunch of vendors that they bring in. They like to support other local small businesses. They have fresh produce. And we are grateful to them. So thanks to our sponsors, Healing Green Farms. I think what I see a lot of time with female entrepreneurs, and honestly, not even just female entrepreneurs, working females, is... There is a period of time where they have been doing all, right? Mm -hmm. Where they've been doing the home stuff. They've been doing the career stuff. They've been doing kids stuff. And it's not sustainable. Mm -mm. So there's always this breaking point. Mm -hmm. And we might, I'm processing out loud. I was lucky enough to be able to say early on because I started my business before I even met Matt. And I knew that I started my business to be able to have the freedom to stay home. So early on, it was, I don't believe in that system where you just go to work and I handle everything at home because I have a business and a career too. And this is an equal Mm -hmm. partnership. Mm -hmm. So that expectation was laid from the beginning. But Matt didn't grow up that way. So it required adjusting. Mm -hmm in order to get there. And now it is like so helpful in order to be able to be like, Matt does the laundry, Matt does the cooking, mm-hmm. Matt do, you know what I mean? Because I would have broken already. Oh yeah, no. We but then yeah. I see all these other women who are breaking and they're angry and they're like, I don't understand and they're resentful. But are you having these discussions mm-hmm. with your spouse of this system mm-hmm. is not successful for us. Yeah. We need to alter the system. And I think that you, because you, and this is where I think that we have an advantage just because of the education and background that we have based in systems where we are taught to look at not just what's happening with the symptom, but what is the larger right. issue. And that is a lot of our education in in the social work and getting our MSWs. And one of the things that you'll have a notice, right? Like mornings have become really hard and I'm starting my day feeling like crap and I would hate the world and I'm going and I'm, I'm maybe I'm going to my job maybe I'm going to run my business or I have this networking thing to go to and I am literally like coming out of my skin angry every day because morning routines of getting the kids off to wherever is so hard and you're feeling it and you're feeling like you're isolated on an island and all you're seeing is your spouse who's just sitting there like mm-hmm. doing their thing and not recognizing that there's something else going on or yep. not feeling the the trauma that's occurring every day. Yep. And so instead of breaking and being angry and being miserable and letting it fester, you you know, it may come out in a screaming match and it may be a very intentional, hey, we need to fix the mornings. Yep. Can we have a conversation about this? I'm really like... However you get there, I'm going to I'm going to err on the side of try to make it intentional. Mm-hmm. But if it does come out in the middle of a screaming match, cool, it comes out. 
and revisit it when you're both calm. But have that conversation and say, look, I need help. And I think this is where at the root oh, true. of all true. of this crap about the work-life harmony and whatever is because asking for help is seen as a weakness. And martyrdom is seen as <clears throat> a badge of honor. Yes. So instead of being a busy martyr, ask for help. Yep. And it can be something as simple as, I really need for you to take over the morning routine because this is a combustible situation and it is no longer tenable. Yeah. And everybody is frustrated and it is not a great way for the kids to start the day. And I'm not saying this is a true story, but it might be a true story. Might have happened in my house. And to say, I can't, I, this one's, Samantha won't let me brush her hair and Scott's the only one that can brush her hair. That's really, that was our tipping point Mm -hmm. where I was losing my shit because I needed to brush her hair to get her to school and she wouldn't let me brush her hair. And I was like, I'm, I can't, I'm not going to physically sit on my child to brush her hair. Like it's one thing if she has gum in it and I have to get it out and it's another thing if this is becoming a daily occurrence yep. and, and not that I'm sitting on her to brush her hair. Like it it became when I noticed myself getting to the point where I was like, I could no longer tolerate my own anger mm-hmm. that I was going to literally lose my shit. And it wasn't my kid's fault. It was the system. It was the yep. situation. It was the, what was happening. And that conversation happened. I said, I need for you to please take over the mornings. Like, I, or yes, at least the like, hair brushing. Right. Something has got to give. Yeah. Yes, you're getting their snacks ready. Yes, you're making sure that they're getting on the bus or we're taking Samantha to preschool or whatever, whenever it happened. But I, this is no longer working for me. Yeah. And I can't get ready and do my thing and I can't. So, and just, it's hard for people to speak up and yeah. say but that. But this is also our, we're celebrating 15 years this year. This yeah. is almost 20 years into a relationship yeah. where this conversation took place. Yeah. Just like balance versus harmony, I think. Like the next level thing that people need to understand about their relationships is it doesn't need to be equitable. Like when you get in that thing where it's like, all right, if I do the dishes, then they do the laundry. Oh yeah. When it's transactional. Because that's not what a relationship is. Yeah. (laughs) And if you start keeping score, then those blow up fights happen. Yeah. Because you're like, you're in debt, you're in debt, you're more in debt, you're more in debt, you're more in debt, you're more in debt. You haven't paid your your, uh, installment yet. Correct. Um, Yeah. And when things feel like an obligation. Why do you even like me? (laughs) 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 No, but it is like when you're, if you're feeling as though things are, are, are somebody's keeping score and that it's transactional and that like you need, it's tit for tat. Well, there's very, let me be really clear because it's a huge thing for that as a couples therapist yeah, you that can came up better to this is what happens is, especially for the men that I would work with in the couples, I would work, they were like, but I am helping around the house. I am going to work. And there's all these different bank accounts, mm-hmm. right? So you have the family bank account of, yes, we are partnerships within the family. We are both parenting. We are both helping the kids and involved with the kids. That's that bank account. And so the men were like, I'm great. And the women are over there going, I'm starved because the marriage bank account is not getting any deposits. Mm-hmm. There wasn't quality time. There wasn't date nights. There wasn't moments of connection. There was, And the husbands are, but they were completely clueless, no awareness. They had no mm-hmm. freaking idea. And it's not willful ignorance. No, it's, it's not. It's they just had they absolutely literally, it's no a lack clue. of awareness. Yes, yeah. no clue. 
they thought they were good because they thought it was one big bank yep. account. And they're like, I'm putting in a bank account. Right. And it, and when I was like, listen, there's all these, multi, you have a bank account with every single person. That's your relationship bank yep. account. You and I have a relationship bank account. We put deposits in mm -hmm. so that if something happens, it doesn't bankrupt us. And so we're really good. I feel like we're good at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Probably like one of the more successful relationships in my adult life. Me too. <laughs> And I'm so proud of us. Right. When something comes up, we know it's safe to just be like, hey, this is how I'm feeling about that. Yeah. Or, and we talk it through and boom, it's done. Yeah. But that is because we are continually putting deposits yep. into our relationship bank account. Yep. So you have a bank account with each child. You have a bank account with your wife. It's separate. But there was no awareness. No, there's, of yeah. Yep. And I think a big part of it for both of us was just letting go of expectations and letting go of all of these other things. And I noticed a big difference when that did happen versus like it, the whole energy in the house shifted. We're much more, everything is much more content. Everything, we're not trying to live up to this ideal that, and we understand it's a season and there may be, we may not be able to eat dinner together every night, but we just accept that it looks different based on what else is going on in our lives and we right. figure out how to make it work in the, for you. In the, in yes. the meantime. For you guys. One, yes. of, one of the things that I thought was interesting, Lori and I had a, she, we had a conversation where I just was playing ignorant, just like you guys are talking about. No idea. I wasn't helping out around the house enough. And that made her feel that I wasn't caring about her. I wasn't caring about what was going on. And so much of this is like the way you grew up. Cause in her house, it was like the, the woman does the, the chores and the guys don't. And that's just the way that it is. And to me, it doesn't like doing the dishes, just doing the dishes. I just forget more than I remember. And so I felt really bad about it and apologized. And I was like, well, I'll just do everything for a while. I'll just take care of it. And I made like three months. I just did all the dishes and the laundry and whatever. And what I noticed is it didn't bother me. Like to me, it was just a task. It wasn't associated as something that I should do. And it's making me a good dad or whatever it was just like i just did the laundry <laughs> <laughs> laundry Jeez. dirty needs to be done yeah. done right <laughs> I cleaned up around the house because we're messy right but, but then i think like anything you just you start to forget you start to slip and then it was like months where i was like no don't do that i got it and then it was like i see her doing the dishes and i'm like okay well, that's fine <laughs> And we've had this, and I think this is the thing, we've been married now for 20 plus years and you just go through these seasons where you just need to be constantly reminded. You're like, yep, we've had this conversation. Yeah. Yep, and I just, I forgot again. And because you're stupid. human. And uh, my bad. Right. Try to get back on the horse. Yep. The, yep. Uh, what I like about the way you guys talk about balance versus harmony is that harmony allows for seasons in yep. life. Like yep. you guys were talking about, like when you're starting a business, you're in it and it's work, mm -hmm. yep. but it's not going to stay that way. Correct. Mm -mm. Uh, and parenting is a season of yes. life, depending on what age your kids are. Like yes. it's a whole different season when they're zero to two than it is when they're starting kindergarten than when mm -hmm. they're in middle school than yep. when they're in high school. I just went out with a buddy of mine and he was like, wait till your kids are adults. It's crazy weird. Uh, <laughs> so looking forward to that. My daughter is only 17, my oldest at this point, but <laughs> there's, there's seasonality to life that, mm -hmm. and I think the big bottom line is just give yourself some freaking grace. Yep. Like yeah. things change. Yep. Like it's not, and that's the problem. And I think that's why hustle culture is so toxic. It's like, never stop. Right. Yeah. Everything is this. There's never a finish the line. It's, 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 it's every, right. There's every day the goalposts are being moved. Well, every day the finish that. line is being moved. How and, 
feeding is but that? But how, inv- like, that is the definition of an invalidating environment. Right. That we're, like, telling people that it's okay and I struggle with this too because I can't figure out like for the life of me it is really hard for me to make goals that are concrete because in my head I'm like okay I did that now what am I on to the next thing and it's not that and I had this conversation with my coach too because I was like am I really supposed to be like celebrating milestones that was a big thing right when you're talking about businesses and should you celebrate things and this should you set goals and my celebration in my head is yay I did that and then I move on I don't feel the need to reward myself because I reached what and that's just me if you I know Sarah's really big in that and more power to you. It's just, that's what goes on in my head. It's messy up here. But I think that's really why people struggle with setting and maintaining and reaching goals is because we are taught that we are supposed to constantly move that goal post. And I think it's because we're not focusing on the emotion. Right. So when I am doing goal setting, it's what is the emotion you want to feel? Not what is the goal, because at the end of the day, it's really not the goal. It's what is the emotion. So the emotion underneath why people want to be. It works with the fishing story. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yep. I just want to feel like I'm relaxed and chill. Ex- exactly. <laughs> yep. And so what is the emotion you most want to experience? And people, the whole like hustle, it's they want to experience either financial freedom or mm. security or adoration or whatever. Or like validation. Million, correct. Or, correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yes. And how can you create and design that feeling into your life right now? Mm-hmm. What will give you a sense of financial security? Is it a hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, one million? And then just seek that emotion. Design that emotion into your life right now, because then that's going to bring it to fruition anyways. Mm-hmm. It's not the goal. It's actually the emotion you're trying to the unmet need of the emotion you're trying to meet. The un- yeah, the unmet need. And that's the thing. So that's the difference between the businessman and the fisherwoman is the the need to keep do this and then you'll reach your thing. And she's like, that's cool. I got that now. Right. I'm good. Yeah. But that's like what you were talking about, uh, the difference between uh, when you visited the winery in um, Italy. Yes. And you were like telling the the owner like she needed to do, like you were the American I was. Man. When he was reading the story, <laughs> I was like, he is putting me on blast right now. <laughs> yes. You were the American businessman. I was like, Joe woman. just put me on blast. He did. He called you out. But that's right. Like you were telling her all the things that she could do to grow and, and make well, that's this. different. Telling somebody the things they can do is different than telling them the things they should do. That's true. And, but that, and, and at the end of the day, she was like, no, I'm good. Just like when and my then, dad, Sarah, when, you should open multiple. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the, and then Sarah's like coming back here and going, the lesson I took from that is how do I become that woman? That's yes. just like good with what she has. Yes. And yes. I think that's in our, in American culture, we have a really hard time with just being content with what we have. Yeah. Because, I remember when hustle and grind first came out, like you started seeing it on t-shirts and stuff. Yeah. I'm sure it was around long before, but I'm thinking like 10, 15 years ago. The hustle is real. Now you can the, go to hustleandgrind.co yeah. and get all your free merch. With your hustle mugs and your <laughs> no, nope. the gear and voice of modern hustlers. Um, and like that whole boss It's just because babe, they're trying to sell culture. you shit. Yeah. I had that conversation with my kids the other day in the car. And I was like, y'all, they're just telling you that so that you will buy more shit. Yeah. I was like, we live in a commercialized culture mm-hmm. of, hey, I'm going to tell you this and this so that then you will buy from me. Yep. I was like, so just be aware of that, that I, everything is for them to make money. <laughs> I think where it breaks or where I knew early on that it didn't make any sense because it just didn't pass like a common sniff test. If you work really hard all the time, cool, but that's not really the goal because you don't get anything. 
That's it's like getting really excited about a way to spend your time. Mm. It, it's not like it's a there's no finish line. There's right. no period. It's just I'm gonna do this a lot. It's in my mind. It's like I could hustle all day and read eight hours of email. I wouldn't get anything no. done. No. Yeah. And so I think the reason that it doesn't pass the sniff test in my mind is because it's it can be a a, a willfully blissful ignorant way to avoid stuff. Yes. yes. Like oh you, yeah. You yes. Don't, you don't really know why you want to do it. You don't right. know what yes. kind of job you want to have. And that's but where damn busy it, becomes, you're busy. Yeah. Yes. Damn it. That's where busy becomes the badge of honor because you're thinking. What are you hiding from? You yeah. filled your day with all of these tasks. It can be procrastination. That yeah, yeah you're avoiding. You know what so you've are you done hiding all these from? Tasks right. Like I, you've checked your email. You know, but it, have you created something? Have you accomplished whatever it is that people are paying you money to do? And so that's why it's okay. Am I hiding or am I experiencing joy and fulfillment right now? Yeah. And if the answer is, oh, I'm working ten hours a day, 50 hours a week, mm. and I'm not experiencing joy and fulfillment, then you're hustling and you're hiding from something. Yeah, that's, I had what to, are you yeah, hiding from? That's why I had to get, a, part of the reason why I had to get away from the bedside care. Like I liked, I, the only joy I was finding was when I was actually interacting with patients. All the other stuff was misery and I was dreading it. And I couldn't, I couldn't figure out this career that I had supposedly was supposed to love and be in forever. And that was because that's what you did. You go to college, you get a degree, you get a career and that's what you do. Like why, and and I, why it was out of alignment and why it was right. so hard because I wasn't, I had no harmony. I would be working these long hours. They would call me at home. I like one day I found my personal cell phone number in the telephone book at the nurse's station. I was like, how did this get here? And somebody, I'm like, I can't, this is no longer a tenable. This is no longer a tenable situation. And I think there's a difference between we're all going to have things, tasks that we don't like. Yeah. And it's a difference between, hey, 20% of the time, this task right, right here, I don't like. That's fine. Like, we're adults. Right. Yeah, Dealing I always get a kick email. out of that mentality. Like, I don't like this, so I'm not doing it anymore. Well, somebody's going to do it, right. man. Exactly. So either you pay somebody to do it for you, exactly. what you don't like, or you just find shift your mindset and yep. figure out and focus on how damn good it feels when you have accomplished that 20% that you yep. don't like to do and do it and move on with life. Yep. But if the majority, if you're lacking, again, it's that harmony, mm -hmm. that gray area. If you are lacking the harmony of I'm experiencing joy and fulfillment throughout this 80% right. and 20% is the task I don't like. And the, and the difference is that when you're in a job and you're being, when you're a W-2 employee, it's not as easy as just paying somebody else to do it. Although maybe people could. Wouldn't that be like a oh really slick God, employee? That would be. Like, man, I just hate this 10 hours a week in my job. Hey, Jeff. 50 bucks. Yeah. Yep. And in healthcare, there's regulatory compliance issues of things that need to be done in order to make sure that the, the payment is through and that you're meeting the state and federal requirements and things like that. So like the stuff that had to be done that then I would be interrupted while doing to go address the thing, the part that I really enjoyed, mm -hmm. like it just became unbalanced and I, I didn't enjoy it anymore. There's a whole multitude of reasons, but I, what it comes down to is like understanding and, and accepting that something had to change in order for our lives to move forward in a way that we felt really good about. And change requires courage. Yeah. yeah. I like yeah. what you said earlier, Sarah, about going after the emotion, because I think it unlocks like this nagging thing I've always had with a like, statement, do your dream job and stuff, because... You'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. Topics like that. <laughs> I remember reading in a book early. I wasn't... It was probably like early 2000s. It was a Seth Godin book. And he got called out by somebody for being on vacation with his laptop when he was traveling somewhere. And the guy was like, oh, I'd hate to have to work on my vacation. 
And then he was, and Seth Godin said something like, oh, I'd hate to hate my job. <laughs> I'd like to work. And I was like, yeah, I should love to work. And then I was like, well, wait a second. Oh, my God. I, I'm not going to like email. Like, right. I hate email on my core. I'm never going to be like, yeah, too bad. You don't get to check really email like, like me, bro. Yeah. The word, yeah. We're soul. Yeah, yes. we're soul siblings there. He, yeah, we both equally have. My, my daughters do a lot of TikTok. And I heard going through the room one day when it was on, because they all leave it on full blast. Yeah. It doesn't matter if there's TV on or whatever. But so you always got the various TikTok things. And there was one that I just, I never even seen it, but I thought it was really, it's funny and it stuck with me. It's been rattled around in my head, but somebody asked me like, what's your dream job? And there was this very like majestic, like stately woman voice come through and was like, child, I don't dream of labor. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I feel that way. Well, like, yeah, I don't sit sad. around and be like, can't wait to get that to work. Sad. But I think we, I think we do confuse like fulfillment because fulfillment's an emotion. Mm-hmm. Like satisfaction is an emotion. Correct. Yep. And you don't, it's a lot to put on a job. It is. <laughs> you know, it's well, a lot to put on a job. At some task. point we shifted from working to live to, from the, the concept that you worked so that you could have, but there wasn't a, a, a value judgment laden necessarily on going to a factory and doing an eight hour shift. There was, that was the, the meat and potatoes of America, the middle class. And that's where it was born from. And if you work shift work, that's great. Congratulations. And if you did something else, great. Congratulations. And somewhere the shift, you know, kind of went away that, that, that was the ideal, right? Then it was, no, that's not okay. That's no longer the way to be. And so again, we keep moving these goalposts and telling people like, and it was like, seasons. you should be the boss. And right. Then, right. It's more seasons. Yes. And yes. then it was like, we need more managers. And all of a sudden everybody's like, you oh should my. be a manager. Yep. And yeah. now and COVID can, and everybody's like, you should work for yourself. Correct. Right. We are in the season of entrepreneurship. <laughs> because there's 100%. too many fucking managers. And yep. I'm like, and yeah, our middle management isn't a place you want to get stuck. What if I'm really happy in middle management? Correct. Like Correct. what if I'm really happy building this team yes. and rewarding them with Cupcake Friday? Yeah. And what if I'm just happy being the employee but I mean I know how pl- often do people stop and actually ask themselves that question they don't because that's my point yeah. that's why it always starts with you have to yep. be self-aware first yep that's why that uh, statement of the golden years always haunting to me because oh. it was like in a song or somewhere I was like I wish somebody would have told me that we were in the gold because uh, yeah. you know you don't really I wish know somebody you never would have told me babe yeah is that country version Someday I don't know if that's the one the I good old, it's Kesha <laughs> And, um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, you sang it. The way you sang she it, she did sing it, it like, like it was country. country. That's yeah. how it sounds. It's yeah. Macklemore and Kesha. It's Macklemore and Kesha. Well, and what's interesting with your story that you started with, Joe, is the generation. I wrote so, that story trademark 2022. <laughs> <laughs> is that generation that, you know, grew up that way, like my dad's generation, mm-hmm. your parents' generation. A lot of them, it was hustle, hustle to get to that. And then you could relax and then you could retire. Yep. But they hustled so much that they wore down their bodies, they wore down their brains, they wore down their hearts. They were not in physical shape in order to enjoy or take the trips or take mm-hmm. the vacations or do mm-hmm. all the things that they've been waiting to get to that golden years to do it. Yeah, the hurry never goes away because how many times have you heard like somebody right before that being like, I got to travel before I can't. Yes. Like that mentality of the pre-retirement mm-hmm. people yes. like I got to do it now because I've I've missed it. I yeah. missed it. And I'm sitting back going, I don't know how I will be able to slow down because I don't know at this point in my life in this season I don't foresee a future where I'm not doing something. And whether right. that becomes yeah. volunteering or whatever, like whatever, it could be making money until the day I die. And that's right. cool. And yeah. that because in I like, I think it was in the four hour work week too, the idea you're talking about is like, all right, so you work really hard 
30 years so you can retire 10. Yeah. What if you just did, okay, so now you've got a three to one ratio. Mm -hmm. What if you just took your vacations and enjoyed your retirement three to one along the way? Yep. So that you're not so stressed. I think that was in four hours. Four, I, yeah. Four and, hours, and, I'm, like and I was just talking to Sam about this morning in our meeting is I was like, I'm all about this taking a vacation every quarter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be, you know, this huge. No, like, I mean, it can be going to like the the beach. Correct. It can be a long it weekend. It can be hopping on your motorcycle it, with your exactly. buddy and going and we, we already to the canceled beach. That. Uh, <laughs> what? It can be a quick weekend trip. To Wait, you guys plan that at 1030. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Y'all, it's not even 1230 right now. But I'm all right now, about saying. that. <laughs> all about quarterly vacations. Yeah. And we used to be very, like, that was a, I would pop the kids in the car. We would go to the beach. We would go do, because that fall in, uh, fall in, that fell into the school schedule with the year round school and the tracking out. So every couple of months we would be going somewhere else. And I, I and I, it was very important to us. And then COVID happened and I think travel sports happened. A lot of skills got <laughs> thrown to the wayside. But I also don't skills. feel the need. Like, I think the other thing is that I used to feel the need to get away mm -hmm. every couple of months. If it, I could feel it itching up, like it right. was like my spine would start to crawl and I would and need to get out. If it's because it was the gas all the way down and then that's what made yep. you that's. Like, and now everything and is more even cruise Steven. control. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Everything is more harmonious. Everything is more yep. like, and because I got a lot of it is just letting go of those expectations, yep. uh, giving myself grace, giving my husband Knowing grace, giving what my your kids harmony grace. point is, and yep. then sticking to those boundaries. That's why when I came home from, from the trip, I was like, okay, I had the trip to refuel and mm -hmm. I took a, the, a slow week and then I I felt the pressure. I yep. literally felt it inside of me of like, all right, you had a week. You had those three days that you've been back. You're supposed to hit the ground running. And I was like, but that's asinine because then I'm going to burn myself out again if I go balls yep. to the walls, pedal to the metal. And so I was like, no. <laughs> Next week you get back from vacation. You're like, I need a vacation. And that was, right. But that was the cycle we were yes. living in. And, and so now, I was like, don't do it. But I had to concentrate you had to and con focus yeah. and be like, Sarah, stop. Don't yep. do it. It's okay. Because those messages and that, guilt and yep. shame and fear from society was still, it's still programmed in there in my subconscious. Yeah. And you just have to, you just have to, when those, when the, the thoughts come up and it's a process of cognitive reframing to stop those automatic thoughts and say, Oh, I recognize that. I notice yep. it's happening and I'm going to reframe that and say, you know what? I don't need to live that way. It's cool. Yeah. So if hustle were a virus, what are the ingredients in the vaccine? Ooh, Ooh if hustle were a virus, self-awareness mm -hmm. first and foremost, self-compassion, confidence, Courage. Boundaries. Yes, boundaries for sure. And advocacy, mm -hmm. self-advocacy. Mm -hmm. And you guys said this earlier, but basically find out your why. What do you want to do? Who are you and what is the harmony that works for you? Mm -hmm. what, in that season that you're in and knowing that will change. Right. And I think this is that's a, a bigger scope conversation, right? Is like when you go into things expecting that, that nothing is ever going to change, you're setting yourself up for failure, like things are going to change. Yep. Change is just inevitable. Yeah. So if you can become, instead of getting anxious and worked up over it, if you can just accept like you can feel anxious and worked up when the change actually happens <laughs> versus getting anxious and worked up and, and anticipating it and being, and trying to be rigid and held on to it forever. There's. And, and another thing that came up in the show, just another way to say it, going all the way back to the fishing story, reward yourself now. Yes. Yeah. Don't wait until you're 150. No. Yes. And even if that's because just you a, might not get there, you could right. get hit by a car. 
you by the time you get there you might be like yep. oh i'm too old now my and, body yep. won't let me do the things i wanted to do do it now and reward yourself the way that works for you don't let anybody else's yes. way that they have to celebrate for themselves ever that's a personal correct thing connect with us at girls who do stuff.com subscribe to our email list for fun announcements and leave us a review it helps other people find our stuff We would be so grateful to you for taking those actions so we can get this out into the world and change more lives. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And and you you do you, you, boo. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media.